This is what Brooklyn sounds like. Hey, it's Dr. Lisa, and it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I give a shit. How are you guys doing today? I'm in a good mood. It's nice out there, right? So anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I want to remind you that Radio Free Brooklyn is a nonprofit, folks, and we need we need your help because we're a nonprofit. We don't we don't get we don't we need money. We need money to keep going. So go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate and donate some money. There you go. Now, now on to the, now on to the races and it is going to be racist today. So, um, because I've got a lot to do. Okay. I have this amazing, amazing guest and I'm really excited to introduce you to her name is Rachel Music. And she is really intense and we're going to get, but we're going to do like a real therapy show today. So this is going to be really great. And I'm very, very excited about it. Uh, But before we get to do that, I got a call in guys, um, because do you remember, you don't, you you don't, you don't, you don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so one day uh, I really needed somebody to call in because no one showed up, blah, 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 blah. And this wonderful man, Steven, I'm not going to say his last name, Steven called in and he turned out to be a baker from Nova Scotia, right? And we had the loveliest conversation and we filled some really fabulous airtime in a great way. And anyway, so he listens to the show every week, which is a miracle to me and keeps me going. You know, anybody that listens to the show live every week and a nice, smart person. And then uh, I, had a, I had a comedian on who, Penis CK, she does a penis... Uh, act where she masturbates on stage like as Pino CK and she was doing a show. We announced it. Uh, I found out later that Stephen, Stephen let me know he bought tickets for him and his wife. Him and his wife came down to Nova Scotia. Me and my husband met them at Union Hall. We all had a drink together and then we saw Kelsey Kane do this whole show. Uh, we had to leave early, my husband and I, mostly because it was really late and he got really impatient. And, you know, what, what are you going to do? He's got a job. He's got a job. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to be a bitch. We had to leave. And I never really got to hear the end of the show. And I didn't really ever really get to say goodbye properly to Stephen and his lovely, fabulous wife, Karen. They have a kid who's in college, I think, or something. So anyway, Stephen, will you call in now? Are you, are you there? Call in if you're listening. He said he would call in. We texted. Steven? Man, well, he, he said he has his baker. You know, he's in the bakery. He said he may have customers and would it be okay? And I said it'd be fine. But you know what? Steven, I was ready for you and uh, we'll have to catch up another time. We'll do this another time. So let me tell you about my guest here today. My guest, Rachel Music. Oh, there he is. All right. All right. We'll let it go. We'll let it go, Rachel. Okay. Okay. She's saying, okay. Hey, Hey, Stephen. Hello there, Lisa. Hi. How are you? Did you hear your intro? I did. I wasn't sure when to call, but I... I Oh, you did it. Yeah, because you knew we were going to move on. Uh, Exactly. No, I had to jump in there. You had to jump in there. Good. So how was the end of the the performance? That was a great performance. It was was really great. And... uh, yeah, it was fun to be there, and the audience was very enthusiastic, uh, and and it was just fun and um, 
We were thrilled you guys came down. So thrilled, really. It was really great. Yeah, it was really was great. I'm so pleased to hear about it on your show. And I tell you, I hear about more things on your show that I that I have to look up and, and do, and then I, I pass them on to people up here. <laughs> really? Wow. I am so oh, yeah. thrilled. I am so thrilled. Yeah. You know, yeah, we no, were... Why don't you send me some ad copy for your your bakery that I can read? Will you? Oh, oh, you mean? Oh, sure, yeah, I will. yeah. Because I want to promote your bakery. Why don't you send me some food and some ad copy, and I'll I'll take a I'll picture. I'll promote it. I want to I want to I want to pay you back. I mean, pay it forward. Whatever. I don't owe you anything. This is pure love. No. So anyway, so how was the rest of the show? Rest of the show was great, and uh, and there there were there there were lots of moments of just you know sort of uh, sit, sort of sitting there either laughing or slack jawed with just glee at, at, at what was going on, and and include, included I mean the, the peanut CK thing was, that was that was great, and then and then the uh, the two um, duets who were there friends who folk oh yeah reformed horrors they were both so funny and smart and yeah. Yeah. Accomplished, you know. Yeah. Um, Friends Who Folk is great, and Reformed Whores plays a lot. I've seen them before, but I hadn't seen Friends Who Folk, and they were fabulous. The whole evening, right? The whole vibe. Yeah, it really was. It was, it was, you know, I gotta give you guys, I give you guys credit for coming down and doing all that. Oh, no, it was, it was great. We left with a whole list of, you know, things to do next time oh good come <laughs> back come back give me including spending a lot more time in bushwick because we were just there the one day and that's a fabulous place yeah, yeah yeah we had a party last weekend you know next time you got to come down most definitely yeah, yeah. Was, i know that you you had your uh, christmas uh, christmas you had uh, the event at the at the brewery the brave and brewery yeah well you know what june 14th we're gonna have our fourth anniversary party out here at tradesman why don't you come well if i can't get there i'll ship you some things that don't that, that, oh, that aren't great we'll yeah. put it we'll put a picture of you up or something so, <laughs> so did, a picture, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. So the rest of the show was the penis. CK was the jerking off really good. Was every was the audience going nuts? The audience did kind of go nuts at that point, but, but it seemed almost like it was more um, more talking about having done this so many times, and um, more talking about having done it several times and uh, many times, and not so much doing it. You know oh, I mean? interesting. Well, it was a fundraiser for abuse. Abused women, or abuse, exactly, exactly. or some, or well, some kind of sexual abuse thing, show. right? Which, yeah. thank God, yeah. right? Thank God, yeah, we're exactly, finally yeah. like, you know, yeah. we got to do this shit. We got to do this shit. No, oh, yeah, she's did, great. You know, do. Kelsey actually did a program. Did you heard her talk about that? She did a program. She went back to her old high school and did a program there for teens about sex. You know, how to sexual whatever. You know, how to behave. She's I, that, and that's and that was I mean part of it was just the, the penis CK thing and the night of comedy and we were going to be just you know mm-hmm. just a couple of uh, subway stops away but uh, but also just her I was really impressed with her and in, in in her uh, interview with you in her you yeah her on your show. oh fabulous she woman was, fabulous woman yeah, did you get to yeah, talk she, to her afterwards really, or no what's that did she did she did you get to see her after or say goodbye to her no no, no she was busy we, uh, surrounded by fans. Remember, but, uh, yeah, we had a good time. And- well, anyway, Stephen, I've got a lot of work I got to get done here today, so I'm going to have to let you All go. Right. But I really I appreciate am, you I'll, I'll calling in. 
Okay, yeah, we'll talk again I'll, soon. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send me that you, package. I'll send you some things. Okay, great. Okay. 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 Bye bye. Okay. Now we're on to now we're now okay. So anyway, here's the thing about Rachel Music is that she it's she does so many she's so so creative. She does uh uh clowning, burlesque writing there's so many things that are physical and funny and like she writes she has so many skills and so many diverse things and she just started uh her own business and stuff like that so i'm gonna let her tell you what she does hi hi rachel hey lisa what do you do oh gosh what what don't i do that sounds uh sounds so conceited when i say it but there is a there's a degree of no no that's uh, good we like self-esteem here but that's what we're working on right i feel like uh i feel like humility is a little gauche now it's it's kind of gone the way of the dodo Um, you don't need to worry about that um you know so i'm just going to shorthand this you told me mm-hmm. that your life has just changed a lot in six months. You're so really what were you doing me. six months ago? What are you doing now? Let's so, talk about that. Slightly longer. So October 2018, I was uh, a CEO's assistant in ad campaign and like brand consultancy work and uh, had a half finished pilot uh, that my CEO read, my boss read uh, and basically called me into his office and like, why the fuck aren't you doing this? You're a really good writer. And I'd worked for him for two years and I was like, I need oh, the wow. salary and the benefits. And he was so sort of uh, effusive and and wow. uh, generous about it. And wow. I went, you know what, if, if that's the case, maybe I can, can make this jump. So in the past, since October, 2018, I quit my job with the in salary. corporate America, right? Corporate. Yeah. I'd worked in corporate for five years. I can't picture that, but go ahead. Right. I know. I know. Uh, left corporate, started a company, um, then went to Ted women and had this crazy wow. experience. Yeah. Had this crazy experience there, came back, uh, left my fiance of six years. We'd been together on and off for six years um, started a circus intensive program, which is like a pre-professional training where 15 hours a week I go and I practice circus, uh, about 10 years later than anyone starts in, in this discipline. Uh, and then my business partner and I parted ways. So everything that was uh, sort of a constant, like a job or what do you do when you go up or who, who do you wake up Mm. with is now gone. And Mm. so I am now in a place where I'm just sort of like recobbling together from whole cloth. Everything wow. that there is. So that's a total 180. So did is, you, yeah. did you, your bosses talk with you? Did that inspire you to like, he recognized something in you that you knew you had? Did that, was that change? Is that motivating? It was motivating because I, I had been uh, trying to uh, sort of half-assing things and, mm-hmm. and, and corporate and having a salary is very comforting. Mm-hmm. And you're able to say, well, I'll finish the script whenever in the meantime, my bills get paid. And having somebody who, he needed me. There's no two ways about it. I was this man's, you know, mighty right hand, his, mm-hmm. his girl Friday. And he said, look, I can get another assistant, but mm-hmm. you should be doing this. Mm-hmm. And that was really the kick in the mm-hmm. ass of, mm-hmm. I don't need that safety net anymore. I just uh-huh. have to fucking go do it. Just okay. Do so thing. here's something about you as a creative person that I think is, is important is that you, you like, and I admire, I'm like this, I'm the same. And I think it's an, a good, I, I find it, to be a good quality in creative people. You like stability. You believe in having a job. You believe in having a paycheck. You believe in like, uh, not, not just living haphazardly and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And those are good, good things. You have discipline, right? And those are really good things. Well, the the valuing health, you know, people who need, we all need to take care of our health care in some way or another. 
and you were doing you were doing a good job. You sure. were you, so you have good values. Oh, All right, there you. we go. Oh. That's what I want to say. So what? So what? So you, so you quit, and so what do you? So what's your life like now? Uh, now I have a Shot and Frau Studio, which is a an interdisciplinary production company in uh, in Bushwick. And uh, we filmed a pilot in December, which is loosely based off of my history as a dominatrix. It's like an ensemble comedy. We filmed that and we're in the midst of sort of working that together. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also do uh, live variety shows and are currently working on like comedic short content. And that's sort of like what the next couple of months are. I want to make sure that people know how they can find you and your 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 businesses in in the shows are in Ridgewood. Uh, I live right. I live in Ridgewood, but the shows are are all over. We do shows in Queens, and oh. and I perform all oh, over the okay. city. So the best way to kind of keep the finger on the pulse of everything that I do, the burlesque, the circus, and and everything, Schadenfrau is my personal Instagram, uh, which is the Instagatrix, which should T- have picked something that is easier to spell or just T H E dot I N S T I G A T R I X. Yeah, the dot Instagatrix, like Instagator, I, and but then female. T- tell me a little bit just. Briefly, how did you like you were engaged to somebody mm-hmm. and ha- what happened there? Oh, uh, well, I was, I was actually I got married when I was 20, actually. That's crazy. I know it's crazy. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I got married when I was 20. Who let you do that? How did that no, happen? Nobody. Where uh, were you? Were you where I was were in you? college. Where? Uh, at NYU. Mm-hmm. I got married and um, I should not have. By I accident? Mean, no. <laughs> I mean, did, it's the way you said it was like, I was just like in my dorm room one day and a guy came in with a, you know, <laughs> with with had me say, sign this and there I was. Like, <laughs> yeah. So no, I mean, something, was it somebody you knew very well or like, how did that happen? It happened because uh, I come from uh, a pretty prodigious like past of, of, of abuse. And when I came to college, I was so overwrought and uh, like my... Uh, abandonment issues and just like had such shitty, shitty, shitty self-worth and had been hurt a lot. And uh, I met the first man who was just kind to me, like just mm. a genuine, like fucking oh, man. sweetheart and uh, loved the ever living tits off of me. And he was a good man. And I fell head over heels in love with him and moved in with him after our second date. We lived together for a year. We got married on our one year first date anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't tell my parents. Uh, mm-hmm. I, my mom, literally just found out I was married a week ago. It didn't go well. The conversation did not go well. I thought we would bond over it and she did not find it as funny as I did. Well, she should be, never mind. <laughs> I'm going to get judgy. I'm going to get judgy really quick. So anyway. Um, so the man that I was with for six years, I actually left my husband for this person. Uh-huh. So uh, even though we were not meant to be, and I should have found that out very, 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 very quickly. Um there was a bit of like a sunk cost fallacy where I was like, I left a husband for this. This has uh-huh. to work. <laughs> you know, like, I like that attitude. I, and and it, I mean, objectively, I know that's absurd, but that's what my like 22 year old, 23 year old brain was like, you fucking are divorced now. You're divorced. You better make this work. And I tried and we were on and off and on and off for, for six years. Um, but ultimately he, uh, and I don't want to, like no no talk no, shit no, about nothing. him we're, we're, like, nothing's personal in this world perfect like he's a good yeah person no uh not good for me like a yeah, very yeah. terrible terrible treatment resistant yeah. depression and he came from an even shittier home life yeah. than i did no no good match i was his i was his mother people a, change yeah i was and and i couldn't yeah. i couldn't uh like thrive so did and you pull break him up along. with him then 
I did. She's, on you what? should see this face. She still feels guilty about I did, it. I, Get over it. it. Would, no, it's fine. It would have been our six-year anniversary. That. I it shouldn't say it like It like that. was so going judgy. to be our anniversary, and he reaches out, and he's like, happy anniversary. And I was like, I can't say it back. Oh, no. I guess we're so done. Do you think that the, the that breaking up with him was related to your new, uh, you know, leaving, you know, your new career path? It was good. You it, made a big change in your life, and you yeah. seem pretty clear on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they sort of snowball. That. The thing with mm-hmm. these like catalytic moments is mm-hmm. they they uh, they're, they're sedimentary. So I'm going to take the liberty of sharing what we talked about beforehand, just in the uh, essence of that we that this is a fucking short less than an the show's a fucking hour you know i mean you get one shrink session right. that's it and we don't even have a whole hour so i'm just going to shorthand all this this conversation that we had the pre the preamble to you know going live uh i hadn't met rachel before i found out about her through the bushwick daily a great article about her in there and um we were we were talking about how at this point in her life, she just started therapy, which is kind of really funny, which is why we're doing this therapy session. And her therapist, I kind of disagree with her therapist, mm-hmm. which she, she's aware, which you're aware of, right? Yeah, I, I we, we, We've been down this road a yeah. little bit in our brief time beforehand. But anyway, so her therapist has diagnosed her, diagnosed Rachel with PTSD which is possible. I mean, we don't know, but she, she, uh, the therapist attributed that to what was it? Uh, when I was, uh, when I had just turned 18, I flew by myself to California to, uh, see, uh, my high school boyfriend who had gone into the Navy and he was stationed out in Monterey and we'd been long distance for a year. And I went out to see him and he was just completely changed. He wasn't the person like when you don't want to go into the Navy, if you don't want to go into the military, Pro tip, don't fucking go. It, <laughs> it breaks you down and turns you into a, a monster. And uh, this guy and his best friend uh, uh, like overdosed me on ecstasy and the two of them just like beat the shit out of me. And, and I'm so sorry. And it's, you know, I mean, yeah, it sucks. They, the guy, he was, he's like not right in the head. He was like, I love this guy so much. He's my bunkie. I would have killed myself during private training, basic training if it weren't for him. I love him so much. I want to share you with him. I was like, do what now? I was excuse me, what? And he's like, no, it's cool. Every chick is into it. And I'm like, uh, so that's crazy and kind of sick and sad and all that. So, yeah. Um, but I, uh, in speaking, so that's, uh, that's the first time I heard this story, but in speaking to Rachel, I have attributed, I think she may have PTSD, but I attributed to this other incident, which I mean, I'm I'm taking big leaps. We know we I don't have a real license or anything, so I'm taking these big shrink leaps. But it's okay. So tell us the incident that you had told me that I think was actually a lot more traumatic. Sure. So the first time I had to see a therapist was a court ordered one because mm-hmm. uh, when I was 14, it came out in my very small town that uh, I had had what I don't know. I guess a, re- a relationship when I was 13 with uh, with a school teacher. With my oh wow, with my uh, my seventh grade teacher when I was in eighth grade. Uh, he, wow, yeah, yeah. So I hadn't heard this, and it came out. How old it, was he? Tw- he was twenty seven. And how old were you? Thirteen. That's sick. It is, and that's it? so fucked. Up. It is, and it happens it. a lot more than we all know, boy. Mm-hmm. 
And where, where were you living? What town? Where's your family from? Central Pennsylvania. A tiny oh. little hamlet called Dillsburg. Oh, man. Well, he probably didn't have a whole lot of options. To I mean, get he was laid, married but... and his like wife oh, was pregnant. So he's it was cheating re- on you. It was <laughs> cheating on his wife. Look, you say that and you make that joke. But what's fucked up is when this whole thing came out, uh, he was like a pillar of the community and taught youth group and everything. And so I got like cornered in um, the girls locker room when this shit came out. And I didn't want to be associated with it. You know, like they, they, they kept my name out of the papers and everything. So what happened? What had it come out? Uh, so, okay. Okay. Uh, so basically we, oh man, it all started where it was this, just the, the insidious, which I now understand is grooming. But when you're 13, you're like, I'm in love with this teacher and he wants to keep me after school and he wants to talk to me. And you know, like I was, so enamored. he's paying a lot of attention yeah, to you and he groomed you. Exactly. And I was and enamored so- of him. And, and so then like f- one thing led to another. Right. Did you most, sleep with him? We did not. Um, it was mostly just like groping and uh, really illicit like mm-hmm. aim chats. And mm-hmm. uh, but nothing really further and nothing penetrative. Right. right. Um, and I at one point he like literally picked like it was after this rehearsal and he had like groped me under my costume because he was the tech director for the musical. And he like called all of the. He called all of the tech crew around in front of me while he's putting my microphone on and he's telling them a joke, but like feeling me up under my costume in this like weird and and 13 year old me is like, oh, my God, I don't know what this is, but it's like naughty and scary and weird and getting mad at him. Oh, my God. It's upsetting. Of course, it's it's upsetting. upsetting. It's upsetting. And like but but when I was 13, because I insofar as a 13 year old can love a person, I loved this man. No, 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 it's hard. I mean? so no, it's like, hard. It's so wrong. This is so exciting. So oh my God, it's wrong. paying attention to me. Yeah. And uh, so wrong. after that, uh, basically like took me into a supply closet and like dry humped me against the door, puts me down and is like, so um, my wife's like eight months pregnant now. I really got to, we have to stop this because <laughs> um, I have to concentrate on being a father. So if you could take the side door and wait for your mom to pick you up over there and like fix your makeup also, wow. I'm going to leave out this door. And we basically never spoke of it again. And he asked me, he's like, you could ruin my life, please, Rachel. Don't do that. Pretty, 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 please. Um, you have my b- direct quote because you have my balls and a vice here. I hate this person. So what happened? How'd the, how did everybody find out? A year later, I had my first actual boyf- boyfriend who was my age. And I told him what had happened. And he was all fucking white knight about it. He was like, we're going to confront him. I'm going to have a tape recorder. And I'm going to confront him. And we're going to break into his office and like demand answers. And I was like, this sounds like a terrible idea. But I would like answers. I'd like to know if he did these things because I was a child or in spite of the fact mm-hmm. that I was a child, which of mm-hmm. course the answer is clear now when I see a 13 year old yeah. girl, there's yeah, no, no doubt. That's horrible. So did, what happened? Did you go in there? We went in there and uh, he gaslit the shit out of it. It was terrifying. He was like, you two are going to close the door and we're going to sit down and have a conversation. And sir, young man, I think that Rachel is mistaken. I don't recall anything inappropriate happening between the two of us. In fact, I know that she was having some issues with her father and I think she came to me looking for a father figure. So I really hate this guy even more. Like I hate my hatred is just growing. <laughs> well, here's the fun part. Possible. Here's the fun part though. We left and I was like, well, that was a fucking wash. Um, you want to go get pizza? Uh, this is upsetting, but back to square one. Cause I didn't want to involve my family. I didn't want to involve my yeah, family. No, I get it. I get this it. stupid son of a bitch then goes to the administrator and says, a student is levying bogus charges against me. Awesome. And he goes, uh, you know, I have to report this to the police now, right? 
motherfucker signed his own death warrant. Love it. I no. wasn't going to contact no, anybody. No, and he fucked up. And then two days later, I get called into the office and my mother needs to pick me up and take me to the police station. She's like, why the fuck do the police want to talk to you? And I was like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. And she's like, why the fuck do the police want to talk to you? And I tell her and she's like, Jesus Christ, Rachel, this town is so small. What is everyone going to think of you? And I was like, that's not the takeaway. That's a really shitty thing you said to me just now. That's horrible. I mean, I'm so sorry. Look, whatever, man. You the know, world is hard. The yeah. world can be horrible. It now really I understand can. why we have the president we do. <laughs> we forget. We forget. Yeah. There's a lot and, of crappy and people so, out like, there. It came out. It was a huge stink in uh, my town. And people did not know it was me for a while. And then people gradually, because it was a small, small school, they were like, it can only be so many people. And they figured it out. And I got cornered in the locker room once by this fucking bitch. This fucking woman. She had one of those like little hands. Oh, this yeah. So mean. Warm hands. She had one of those. This is not a judgment on her. No, she no. Was, she was white trash. Um, and she. Did, no, you know, no. I get. I hear you. Did I like the you. light lipstick and the dark yeah, lip yeah, liner. Yeah. No, I, I got mean? it. I got it. <laughs> she had a little tiny hand. She's a fucking cunt. And she's like, "Hey, so what are you? Why are you such a home wrecker?" And I was like, "I beg your pardon." And she's like. He's our youth group leader. He would never cheat on his wife. His wife is pregnant. He's a good man. <laughs> what are you doing fooling around with a married man? I'm like, I'm 13. She's like, you're a homewrecker. You're trying to like tear this man's reputation down. I was like, this is the, this is absurd. Uh, well, she was probably angry because she had a deformed hand, which probably, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I mean, that's kind of sad. And she probably had her own issues, seriously, about being, you know, sexually desirable and shit like that. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not forgiving it, but I bet, yeah, I'm not forgiving her. Pretty sure she was patient zero for the scabies outbreak of 20... 2007. Well, I'm so glad I didn't go up in your town. That sounds so horrible. We People so, made t-shirts that said, I survived scabies 07 so because horrible. children are cunts. That's so horrible. I know. So horrible. Still, I've never had scabies. So but. anyway, that was really horrible. I, I think that's more traumatic. You're laughing about this. I have to. I know. Good What's for you. No, you've got, no, you're, if it's not funny, it's just true. You know? Well, you know, it's, it's a testament to you taking charge of your life and yeah. being on this new path because I don't think we'd be having this. We might not be having such an open conversation if you didn't, if your future, like I'd be feeling sorry for you and I'm not. Please don't. Thank you. That's I don't at all. Perfect. But, good. Uh, yeah. Good, see, this good. is. Good, what good, I'm good, saying. Good. This is why we can talk about this. So anyway, um, so, oh, I'm trying to just even. I, I can't unsee this. Um, uh, can't unsee it. It was a gross. So, little so anyway, uh, or the whole thing, the all of it, all of it is horrible. So I want to get into. The, I want to get into your family. I want to talk about talk about this more deeply. But the thing is that this seems. Do you agree that like what this seems a lot more traumatic than like. The other story. Yeah, it was a big catalytic thing. And I, and, and I think this set you up for the everything else. I think you're right. I mean, and while like it's not nearly as much of a violation as like, you know, your boyfriend and his friend drug you and rape you and beat you. Like that sucks. I, That's like a physical violation. No, I think and an emotional one. This is worse because I was so young. I uh-huh. had well, and I and I loved this person. No, this is much worse. I think that this is really emotionally um um it's really imprinting. You know yes. what I mean? Because you that's said that good, was the that's a good same. Word because it's the first. It's also it's like the first, first male attention. Yeah. I've no. Ever this. Got. You know. I think the first person, especially for women, chicks. I know maybe I sound like an old lady because I am one, but you know the thing is, chicks out there, like the first person you fuck, it counts. Okay, so don't just fuck some random guy first. 
fuck somebody that you at least like and mm-hmm. will at mm-hmm. least talk to again. I think it, imprinting, I think my opinion, imprinting counts. It does. Yeah. I agree. Who you, who you fuck first. Yeah. So, or, uh, whatever. Uh, okay. Uh, the guy, uh, um, wait, my brain is exploding. Sorry. I have to like get back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think like the other incident was really physically drastic, but this to me is way more emotionally devastating and and insidious. And I also think like you said that you you were 13 and you were 13 when you got your period, like all this stuff happening at the same time is a really, really big deal. Sure. So you were, I'm, I'm thinking that you were set up for, physical and emotional abuse by your family. So I want to understand mm-hmm. more about that. Do you think, does that make sense to yeah, you? And of, so what happened? Totally. So what happened in your family? Um, I mean, how did I, you grow up? Like, tell us about it. Sure. So I uh, grew up in central, central Pennsylvania. Um, my parents uh, were, ugh, God, uh, like head cheerleader and like letterman jacket jock. Ugh. I know my, my parents met when my father tried to sell my mother a timeshare. And if I don't know how that's not a red flag, I don't know why you would then date that person. He tried to sell you a fucking timeshare. Then you're surprised that he cheats on you all the time. Ah, so your father (laughs) cheated. So what happened? So your, did your parents get married really young? No, no, no. Like 26 and 31. My mother's older. Uh, Uh like 30, 30 and 25, I think they were. Yeah. And so she was 32 and he was 27 when I was born. So they, they weren't that young. I wouldn't consider it. Oh, um, it's all relative folks. Yeah. I was was 20. Who was really young, but it's all relative. Okay. And, uh, they both were from Southern families and were both the first people to become Yankees. Um, like my dad was from rural but fuck North Carolina mm-hmm. and uh, went to the Navy Academy, Naval Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was court-martialed. He's the second midshipman to be court-martialed in the 20th century. There are like posts, there are articles from the Washington Post from 1985 about my father starting a theft ring. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. uh-huh. So he's like a con man. It's he's cool. He's a con man. He like should have been born in the 20s and had a family in Maine and a family in Arizona and a mm-hmm. family in, you know, Tennessee. Charismatic he's- guy? Yes. Uh-huh. incredibly charismatic uh he's made a lot of like amends and he's just like a, a good he's a better person now but like narcissism is narcissism do you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah yeah there's you can you can mitigate the damage that right. it does but it, it you can't well he's probably had a lot of humbling experiences we one, so he's a little one, more cautious and vulnerable mm, one no. would hope i don't know no. it's possible but maybe, just can't so how i mean are you close to him or We've had, uh, we were very close when I was young. Uh, we were very close and, um, then not so much around 13, oddly, uh, well, not oddly enough. That's, that's quite, that's quite salient. And, uh, then we're kind of close again. And then we had a huge falling out a few years ago and now we're sort of like, we're friends. And that's, 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 that's our, our, our relationship had developed where I had to basically level with him and say like, you left when I was five, you moved 800 miles away. We've always been friends. You're a great dad, not a great father. Yeah, Do you no, know what I mean that's by that distinction? Good. So that's really mature. That's so mature. So he you did not took take the initiative. Well. So you took the initiative of solving that in in that way. That's that's. I mean, it's not solving because that can't be solved. But you, that is fucking awesome. Oh, you get you. huge kudos for that. You Aww. handled that like a real. You handled that really like you get. I give you a lot of credit. You well, were, you. you were big. You were the adult in that 
horrible. That's a good way to put it. So, yeah. yeah. And you know what? I want to so. tell you something else, folks, because I had a hor- I had a difficult family, difficult childhood. It's much better to have compassion and forgive than to be angry and bitter. And I have a little bit of that left in me, but ditto. It, you know, you get, but like the high road is going for the compassion, forgiveness on your own, no matter who the schmucks are that like fucked with you. Okay. Yes. So anyway, uh, so, and so you were five. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have a younger brother. Um, he's three years. He's three years younger than I am. Um, he does not have any memory of them living together. And I have no memory of four to six. It's basically like mom and dad live together. Now I fly to Charlotte every year, you know, every month. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's just just two years. I just don't know what happened. And And, you don't remember when they broke up? You don't remember being told that they were breaking up? No. I mean, I've heard from both of them. They're like, what do you mean you don't remember when your dad broke my nose? What do you mean you don't remember when your mom had a like a break nervous breakdown and live with your aunt. What do you mean? Such stuff? like, clearly these are two very tumultuous. So you disassociated. Years. That's a good, I use that term. I, I use that it. a lot. So you disassociated. I'm use. Uh, and so he moved, he moved uh, from Pennsylvania to North Carolina and st- stayed very much in my life and my brother's life, you know, called every night and we would oh. see him once a month and for all the holidays and the entire was that summer. Good? Was that do you think that was a good thing? I think it was a good thing, but I think that it, because he was like the quintessential Disney dad. Do you know what I mean? Like I worshipped him because there was uh, no homework. There were no doctor's appointments. And he was charismatic. He was charismatic. Guilty. Just char- <laughs> just like charming as he shit. Wanted you know? to be liked by his kids. Absolutely. That's and an ego thing. Wanting is. to be liked by your kids. It is. And as long as I did well, he is, my father is effusive and like very, very like ostentatious in his love. Mm-hmm. And uh, the then I, I just never wanted to go back home because mm-hmm. my mother was like a single mother who yeah. was working really hard and just like trying her fucking best and had a difficult, you know, preemie kid. And really, uh, your yeah, brother, my brother was like a little colicky baby. He was uh, like really like kind of a tantrum, kind of a little shit. He's better now. Uh, but he's like terrible. <laughs> not colicky anymore. <laughs> I don't know if you'd even say that. Stay up he's, all night screaming. He's just stay up all night screaming. Sure. I mean, he, he does Twitch streams, so he kind of does fucking stay up all night screaming. He's playing video games. <laughs> Um, but like she's trying her best and I couldn't see, you can't see that when you're a kid. No, you're like, it's not your I, job. You're like, but dad takes me to theme parks and takes me to Outback Steakhouse right. and I get to eat a whole blooming onion. If I won't, don't eat a whole blooming onion on your own. Don't do it. You, just, I, you don't you have can. to tell me that. You don't, don't, don't you tell should. me that. Don't tell me. I don't need to know. I want, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I'm too <laughs> crazy. I'm too neurotic to do that. So yeah. And, and like my mom had her own, her own hangups and, um, what, so what was your, what was your mom? What's your, are you still close with your mom yeah 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 we're so close. and what so what did her what did that so what was your life like after your dad left what was your mom like oh man she was unmedicated bipolar until i was like 17 years old so there's a lot of inconsistency at home when she started medication did you see a big difference i was already checked out and, and just needed to get out and just needed to go to school so what was point. what was life like when you were home what what was that like i what? was like a model kid i did not I didn't drink. I didn't go out partying. I didn't hang out with the wrong crowd. Um, I was very like exemplary student trying to hold on. And I'm like a textbook eldest, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, did you, did you feel responsible for your younger brother? Never. No. No. So you didn't have to like worry about him. No, I didn't have to like take care of him, but I definitely took care of myself. We were like kind of latchkey kids. You know, I spent a lot of time on my own, a lot of like 
rich inner lives, like, you know, imaginary friends and read a lot. Right, and I read way right. above my reading level. And so right. I just like eat books. Um, but my m- mother, she never, I have to say like, never, ever, ever did we want for anything. I always believed that she had our best interest at heart, but the things, it comes out sideways, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, there's a lot of shame in the household and there is a lot of like judgment and criticism and none of it comes from a place of malice or cruelty, but it's still what you hear as a kid. You know, right. Is, she is, was a miserable person. Who would she be? Yeah, she Look was, at the guy she, she married. Yeah, And she was unha- she was unhappy and she constantly felt like, you know, her work was being ignored. And in a way it was because I was a child and I couldn't. She's been taken for granted. That's, yes. what mom, that's the whole point of mom. Momhood. God, oh, man, you really paint a great picture of it. Uh, uh, no, I, I I'm not. I'm is, not. A, I mean, you got to know what you're in for. You got to know what you're in for. Right. It's, it's not for everybody. I, I wouldn't know. I mean, I'm a stepmother. I love my stepson. Blah, blah, blah. That's I, I feel like I'd make a great second wife. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I'd be a great second wife, a great stepmom. Because uh, I had a great stepmom. Um, oh, that's great. Your she's, fa- father got married again? He, the woman that he, that he moved to Charlotte... To start a new brand, to quote unquote, to start a new branch of the company he worked for, uh, the 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 straw that broke the camel's back was my mother going, "You're going to Charlotte too much for this company. I don't think that you're just going for business." She put a PI on him, set oh, a, a gumshoe, smart, tailed him. I love some, it. Yeah, got some photos, and so he came home and was like, "Baby, come move to Charlotte with me." And she was like, Fuck, "Here's the Manila envelope full of photos, and here's a trash bag, and here's an egg timer. You have half an hour." <laughs> Really? Yeah, Sir, are you like, not kidding? Half not an kidding. hour? She, she sets an egg timer. This is the way she tells it. And I have to believe it because it's a great story. She sets an egg timer and she's like, all right, you son of a bitch. These are the photos. You can stay here and be a husband and a father. Or here is your trash bag. You can get the fuck out of my house. Genius. I'm getting an egg timer. And he left and he uh. left and he married that woman. And to her credit, she was um, the closest thing to a saint I, I've ever, uh, I've ever known. I'm really I, glad that you have that. Uh, well, she's, she's died. She oh, I'm sorry, uh, passed away. No, I'm okay. sorry, but that you had that. I'm really glad that, you know, you yeah. had somebody that was oh, yeah. able and to step. When, and when my mother was not capable of like being a compassionate mother and mm-hmm. was really just like a functioning mother in the sense that, you know, like she was providing, mm-hmm. uh, I needed that. that so was like, your mom was, working? What does she do? My mother has worked in employment and hospice and uh, she's, she's all sorts of jobs. Um, always in, uh, management at the senior level, uh, she's got a gift for, you know, taking companies and turning them around and. Like, oh, so she's really successful. She's very business savvy. And she's successful. She make money. Mm, she's make she makes pretty good money for, oh. for like Dillsburg, you know, and good. now she works good. in medical staffing. Oh, well, that's good. So that's probably where you get your intelligence and competence and all that stuff from. I'd like to think so. Cause like, yeah. my f- so it wasn't all bad. It wasn't definitely, all bad. No, she definitely instilled in me. Like I, when I was 14, I like worked full time in the summer for the staffing agency she worked for. I was a little a gopher, you know, uh-huh. when everyone uh-huh. else was, you uh-huh. know, just having summers, so, I had two jobs. You know, it's funny. <laughs> so, so there was a lot of, so like, I'm thinking that you must've been exposed to a lot of physical and verbal, emotional violence. Uh, but your parents were divorced. Did your mom have boyfriends? She did. And how <laughs> were those relationships? Mm. Mm, that's funny that you should say that. Uh, she dated a few. She was always very good about not introducing the men to us until things got serious, which I overwhelmingly okay. respected because mm-hmm. my father did not 
My father introduced me to every woman he mm-hmm. dated, and I got attached to them. I met them, their oh, families, their children, and then they were just ripped. So, so that's um, horrible. Yeah, I thought that I so found your out mom, that like, people are replaceable. Your mom, um, so did your mom have a, any long, was there any long-term relationships yes. that she had? And so what was that like? From the time I was eight until the time I was 17, mm-hmm. she um, had a person that, for all intents and purposes, was my stepfather. Uh-huh. Uh, she moved in with him. We lived together. Uh-huh. And they had to uh, break up when he tried to tough fuck me. Oh. Oh, right. I and know. how old were you when that 17. Happened? And did they have violence? No. No. Did they seem to get along well? I, they, you know, they bickered. They had like a sitcom thing, you know? Uh-huh, but it was fine. It was just, it was fucking, but like, it was fine. It, it was fine. I mean, it wasn't like yeah. what you describe with your mother and mm, your father. Exactly. It wasn't this like heated thing. You know, he was more mm-hmm. of like a, of a, of an apathetic kind of guy. And well, to, I had to find out from him. He's like, no, my relationship with your mother has been like dead on its feet for the past two years. I've been sticking around waiting for you to turn 18. And was that a surprise? Is that how that felt? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like, it wasn't That's like, something he, it wasn't hear. like he was like sort of coming on to you gradually or something. It was just all all at once like that. Well, in that moment, it's one of those where retroactively little things start to make oh, sense. Where you're like, oh, see. Like, this is why we would go to the gym together. Uh, and like, this is why you would want to spot me at the gym. And like, this is why you were so jealous of my boyfriends. And this is why when that shit came out with the teacher, he was incensed. Oh, he was yeah. like, that motherfucker, I bet you can't take me to the courtroom. I will rip his head off. Right. And he came to my aid and what seemed like such a defensive thing so- he turns around. So and what like, happened with your what happened when he when he came on to what did you tell your mom uh, later? So they had been on a vacation together and they had a huge fight. And my mother left the vacation early and went camping. Mm-hmm. And my stepfather came home and got drunk. And I came home from a performance and he had been drinking and basically like came on to me and was uh, just he was drunk. He was drunk and he was very like sexually aggressive. And right. I kind of like what the <laughs> backed off. Went in my room and was like, let's pretend that didn't happen. And I woke up the next morning and he was in my bed mm. and was like feeling me up and was like, I'm sorry about that last night. Like wine makes me very amorous, but I'm sure you understand that like you were giving me all the signs. <laughs> and like, Blame ag- the victim. Agree to disagree, dude. Uh, and he was like, I'm going to take a shower. And he took a shower and I packed a bag and I ran away. I, you didn't, you never dealt with your mom about it or anything? She was still camping. I couldn't reach her. Oh, wow. So I ran so away to just, my boyfriend's house, the boyfriend who would then go to the Navy. Are you sending a pattern here of like mm-hmm. men coming to my aid and then like turning around and mm-hmm. fucking it up? So here, this is so. This, Such a shitty pattern. Well, yeah. Well, like your dad, the salesman, and then turning into like a violent guy. So you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking about that. Um, you know, I think it's really interesting that you had the two years that you don't that you disassociated from i think that's fair to say disassociated you and me both and uh i think that you might this is my this is what i this is this is my ridiculous this this is what i'm thinking anyway whatever for what it's worth i think that um that was deeply deeply traumatic i think that you might have seen you know you say you don't remember but i think you might have seen a lot of violence and a lot of yelling does that make sense to you they <clears throat> yes yeah. yeah and a lot of like really scary stuff that you Probably. couldn't know or understand and i think that that like um you internalize this what, i sound like an asshole no 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 I'm, oh, i don't know anything i don't know anything this is what i'm thinking i, I, would, I don't mean I to like be an expert on something i'm i'm a i'm a hobbyist but anyway um so i think that um 
that uh, he, I think that you got really, um, so you just, so, so I think that really, really traumatized you in a way that you internalized and you can't even remember it. And I think what happened is that you have that all in you now. And because it's, you were so young and you couldn't understand it, that it just kind of like, you know, you, you kind of, it's insidious within you. And I think that, um, I don't know how, uh, and so I think that set you up for a lot of other vulnerabilities that you have uh, been vulnerable to that have, you know, all the other things that have, you know, um, that, that you've been involved in. And you were a dominatrix for a while. I was. And I'd agree with you there. It definitely um, I was so conflict avoidant for like the first 23 years of my life. And I'm sure that it's because my mother is a like the best defense is a good offense. And my father is a very stoic person who was mm-hmm. like he would intellectualize when he you don't know you're having a fight with him. You come to him and you're like, bah, 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 and he's like, no, 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 no. Let's sit down and have a discussion. Like never. And when he does get angry, it's the most terrifying thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So I grew up uh, going, please don't fight. Don't let's fight. Whatever the fight is about, I'm sorry. It's my fault. And let me fix it. I just right. want this fight to you be over. Right. And it's partially the reason I got divorced is because, and I talked about this, my husband and I spoke for the first time in six years a few months ago, which was so like cool and cathartic. And uh, we were both people who thought that if a couple fights, the relationship must be in trouble. Mm. And so as long as we don't fight, mm. we're okay. Mm. But what happens is like, obviously that's not the case. And mm-hmm. I did what women do, which is I decided the relationship was over without having a conversation mm. and he couldn't fight for it. Mm. And he, I, he admitted that he's like, I don't know if I would have been able to anyway, if we had had one fight, I probably would have given up because I wasn't equipped to it. So like, yeah, you weren't, well, I mean, you're, how old are you now? Are you in now? your thirties? I, no, I turned 28 in a month. You're so young. Like I, the only, re- you look really young. I just was like, wow. what a lot, what a long, what a lot of experiences you've had for such a I know, right? child. <laughs> There's a joke. You're barely, so, uh, you're barely an adult. You're younger than my stepson. Somebody made a great joke where they were like, depending on how much a person likes you, they can introduce you as Rachel Music, pioneering force and hybridized, you know, circus arts or Rachel Music. Divorced former sex worker. <laughs> I'm like, That's true. That's <laughs> what, good. what do you want on my book jacket? Like, <laughs> so I think that you know what you've been through is very, very difficult. I mean, I, it's really like that's a big, that's a really, 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 really big deal, and I think it's really difficult to deal with because you you can't remember it, and I think that it's been really, really. I I think that's a really hard. I mean, it, it's the. The, the good news is, is that, you know, great creative people often come out of stuff like that. And in circumstances, it's nothing you did. Uh, the bad part is, you know, that's really traumatic and horrible. Yeah, and that you have to that, cope yeah. with that for the rest of your life, I think, or in some form or another or be, you know, that's something you have to, you know, work with. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you're doing, you're amazing. Oh, thank you. Uh, the thing that I would be worried about with you the most is that you would repeat these patterns. And uh, for a long time, I uh, for a long time I did, and I was you know restaging my trauma. I was putting myself in situations where there was either uh, a man in power or an older person or someone with like a strong domineering personality that I wanted because probably daddy issues, probably mm-hmm. because I didn't have a father, and I wanted that that guidance. I wanted that strength and that that you know that hand of like mm-hmm. I know best. 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you lose your voice and your advocacy when you do that. And mm-hmm. so that's why I was constantly in situations where I was mm-hmm. putting my trust and faith in when logically, logically, you look at the points in my life and you go, this bitch should be so jaded and so like closed off. And I'm not. Hope springs eternal, I suppose. No. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, no. For better or yeah, worse. And I think agree. for better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, but like, yeah, it uh, and and a huge part of ending this six year relationship was like, could I have made it work with this man? Probably because- Again, I make anything because I can make anything work. I was going to spin straw into gold. And um, but I I saw. No, I will. I I will. I will panic and cheat on him or I will be miserable or I will drag him down Mm. or, you know, I'll start drinking Mm. as much as he does. You know, like any of those. He was drinking a lot. I mean, yeah. You don't want it. That's another thing that's dangerous. It's it's a fuck. It's somebody who's drinking. I mean, somebody who has a serious substance abuse problem. Those are abusive people often. And it ran in his family. And like, I just, I wanted him to get help and I wanted not to like, I didn't want to be the center of, 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 uh, I basically, it came down to like, I'm a whole person. Holy shit, I'm a whole person, I'm a whole complete person. Um, I don't think this person at this point with me, and that could be him, it could be me, it could be me enabling those tendencies. I don't think he is a whole person on his own. And so we weren't thriving. Well, but also like, being the caretaker in a relationship yeah. uh, is also um, part of the pattern that I'm afraid of for you because it's yeah. just the other side of the coin where you're like making sure that that person isn't going to erupt or uh-huh. anything bad is going to happen. But you're so young and fabulous. I mean, you're, you, you're, you know, you have, pl- you pl- no rush, no yeah. rush. You're going to work this out. I, yeah. I, I feel very confident that like, this isn't, this isn't going to be, you know, the whole, the whole story. Yeah. Uh, there's a long road ahead. <laughs> so where are you now? Like, have you had any road? What's the last relationship, long-term relationship you had, meaning like three months or more? Um. Well, I'm, I, I'm seeing several I'm seeing several you're people. dating a few people. I'm so you're not f- really having a serious relationship. And it's funny because it's just fine. I just, just last night had had this conversation. Uh, I've had a person approach me and like ask me to be his girlfriend. And for the first time in my life, I was like, nope. Good. Nope. I like you a whole lot. And I can't do that. And uh, it's weird. It's very, it's very weird because I've, what I'm, what I'm thinking about and how I'm operating right now is like, brute forcing myself through the limerence period. What's through, that mean? Limerence? Oh, so limerence is, um, it's, it's similar to infatuation, but it's not, it's that, uh, it's that obsessive period at yeah, the beginning right, of the, the relationship yeah. where like, all you want us to know, are they thinking about you? And it's, it's the reciprocity of it is what right. makes it feel good. And that is the point where every long-term relationship I've had in that phase, in that headspace, that glimmering, like, Oh my God, everything's so good. They're perfect. You make decisions or I did yeah. that you then need to live with like getting married or like leaving your husband and you have to fucking sit on that. And I'm going, don't do that anymore. Break that cycle. Uh, Date several people and get through that period and understand, which is where I'm at now is like, you can have romance with anybody. This is going to sound a little, you know, glib, but if I want romance, if I want to be taken out for the night, I've got several people I could call, you You know, know, if I want to like go on a date and have like a fun thing. And I'm now understanding that's not what a relationship is. And so I kind of like give zero fucks about it. And I'm just like attacking the 
that scene and being like, what do you have to offer? And what do I have to offer? And I'm a cool person and I want you to be a cool person. And, and, and I don't know, that sounds so fucking You know what? Like I would love to bottle what you just said and like give it to every woman I know or maybe every person because oh really, yeah, I think it's a really big insight because I think that people mistake that feeling that you're talking about for love. Yeah. And I also see, I, I personally think that's, you only have eight minutes left. Shit. Oh, balls. I think, see, I think this is a lot, a problem that a lot of, a lot of us, a lot of us have is that we get that feeling with somebody who, uh, you know, uh, high, lights up our uh, patterns mm-hmm. and our patterns, if they're bad, yeah. they, so we wind up with the same person over and over and over again, because that's who we're programmed to fall in love with. So Mm -hmm. what you're talking about is actively being conscious about that and taking measures so that you don't just fall. You're, you're, you're able to separate that, that feeling that falling in love, that infatuation from what reality is that that's a thing on its own. And I think that's, that's a really important like ridiculously mature for your age point. Well, and I you. really admire that. And, and I think say, that's really important. And that's not to say that I don't enjoy dates and I don't yeah. enjoy, you know, yeah. spending time with and getting to know people and having good sex. You know what I mean? That's that's and but it is right. interesting to go. Yeah. So and so is like very level headed and fun and has all the good movies I should watch. And so and so is really great in bed. And that's who I'm going to call if I'm tired. You know, it's it's it's, it's and and you can enjoy people for the parts. And for me, it's understanding that there's not this black and white. Oh my God, I like you. You're now my forever person. And I need to lock you down so that you'll never leave me and never hurt me. And it's like, that's not good. Yeah. You have to figure out. And you're also not who's trying head of the pack. (laughs) No, but you're not trying to fill up your, you know, your emotional deficit with a human. Not anymore. Well, no, yeah. I'm technically I'm learning the hard humans, way. But I got too much. No, shit to but do that's now, not you know? one. That's not all one person. Humans are great. We all need humans, but yeah. we need we need we need we don't need one. We need a bunch of them. Yeah. So uh, I I I think that's I th- wow. We learned something here today. That's hey, really oh really. My gosh, cool. I feel really good. I feel really positive about. I also am thinking right now, too, is that your old boss might have been very healing for you in a lot of ways. Do you yeah. think so? Because he was an authority figure. Uh, he was. And um, it was so funny. I, I really enjoyed that that job because he offered me a prodigious amount of freedom. He understood. He was like, I don't know when you get the." He said this one time. He was like, I don't know when you get the work done. Sometimes I come into the office and you're not fucking here. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> if he went on a trip to London, I just wouldn't go into the office. Because what am I going to do from the office that I can't do from fucking home? You know what I mean? Right. And he offered me that. And so I got to do more circus than I wanted. I got to do gigs. I got to go right. and have like a burlesque show at midnight and roll into the office at 1 p.m. the next day because I had intentionally scheduled him all these morning meetings and he didn't need to be in the office. I loved that. Right. And uh, so it was really cool. He to appreciated have, you. And he, he appreciated my strengths and understood that there was an unconventional way to apply what I had in a conventional setting. And that's uh-huh. very, that's very like affirming in a way to go, you can fit into corporate and you don't have to be this like cookie cutter admin. You know, like mm-hmm. when I worked reception at a hedge fund, uh-huh. you know, you can be this wacky person who thinks on the fly. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, and I, and I, uh, hold a lot. I hold him in very high esteem and he yeah. is a, a storyteller and, um, really appreciated me as a, as a writer and was the first person 
who was not like a creative writing teacher or, uh, you know, somebody in art school who was like, oh, you're you're really fucking good at this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's just that that people need to hear that. So you had somebody that you had a professional relationship without any sexual ambiguity, yeah. overtones, none of that. Yeah, hugely who really helpful. believed in you yeah. for your for your abilities Aww. and fucking made you know about it. Oh, I should send him this. He would get such a kick out of this. Are you guys maybe. still in touch? I'm supposed to stop by the office next uh-huh. week and like catch up with him and uh-huh. see how he's doing. Right. And he's not asking for anything. He's not like we have to like he he did he's yeah. a good guy. Yeah. He's a he's I'm a good glad dude. that I'm glad to hear something really great and nurturing from a I was, story about a man. I'm yeah. I've got to say I was hoping we would have a lot of man badging. Man badging. Not and, no, but I mean, you know, like Two men beating you up is not a good thing. It's ever. lame. If it's, if but, it's, but if it's, I'm glad that I, don't want to I qualify, want. But they were like 18. Like they were boys. These were like two fucking yeah. children. So I'm really glad to hear about some somebody that really made a difference. Yeah. I think made a difference in your life. And he sounds like a really great guy. And I want to hear. I want to hear what happens. And you're in therapy now. I am. Just started. Just, just started. That's started. good. <laughs> well, there's a lot there. <laughs> No, you know, I mean, there's a lot. It's good. You know, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good thing to mm-hmm. do. I, I agree. It's a good thing to do. And I, you're a young person and uh, I'm really excited about your future. And in order to uh, have everyone participate in your future, I want to remind them that they should go to your uh, Instagram page sure. at the dot. I-N-S-T-I-G-A-T-R-I-X. The and Instagatrix. check you out on your uh, your new business. Um, mm-hmm. What's the web- website for that? That's uh, shotandfrau.com. So shotandfrau, S-C-H-A-D-E-N-F-R-A-U, shotandfrau.com. Very good. It's <laughs> frau, not fraud, frau, like F-R-A-U, not like, not like the word schadenfrau. I just want you to know. Uh, yeah, it's okay, not shot. It's, it's a play on shot and so, Freud. And, and you do shows and stuff like that. I do. I, do and, I, I perform burlesque. I do circus. I MC a lot of events. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and, yeah. and will they be on that site? They sure will. Okay, great. So we're going to we're gonna do that. Uh, go see you. And uh, you're a really friendly, open person. Huh. So you guys out there that are listening, you should introduce yourself. Please do. Say, yeah, you get, you're going to get some positive energy back. I promise you. I just want to thank everybody for listening today to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. I'm here every Thursday, 2 to 3. Uh, send me any kind of message at, at Dr. Lisa Levy, SP, stands for self-proclaimed. Uh, thanks for listening. Stick around because we've got some really great programming this afternoon. Like right after this, we've got Elon Danziger with Lost and Rewound. He's got some you know, music and, and talk, and he's really funny and charming. And then we've got uh, Brooklyn Bandstand, Rob Pritchard. You know, Rob is one of the co-founders, and he is the most expert music guy, and he plays local bands. It's a great show. We got Ben Talks. I love Ben. I love Ben. Ben is one of my children. And uh, then we've got, after that, Tom Tenney, who is the station director of Frequency Theory. So, Stick around, listen in, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and you could go to iPhone slash iPhone or you go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash Android and download our app and then you can just have this on your phone and you can spend the entire rest of your day with us and hear all that programming that I just... 
shit. Doctor Lisa gives a 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 shit.